0: Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum and coming up on today's episode, Colby Cohen and I are joined by Jake McCabe to discuss the uh, newfound Blackhawks defensive success, what's clicking, what's not, his adjustment to a new organization some personal news on his life and and much more all that coming up right now on blackhawks insider presented by your chicagoland and northwest indiana chevy dealers it's all about the drive welcome to blackhawks insider carter Baum alongside colby cohen with you uh colby we're back from our canadian excursion a couple days in seattle to start which uh was nice. A little rainy there. Not not too bad though. We but.
1: actually saw sun like two of the three days yeah. we in Seattle.
0: That was the I, first time I think I've ever seen sun in Seattle. I I've think spent the people who
1: there. live in Seattle <laughs> is the first time they ever saw the sun. So we'll have to go back. We might have brought it. Well, we do go back later. Exactly. Um, we have a little back to back with Seattle and Edmonton. You go from rain to snow. I mean, who doesn't love a little Seattle? I mean, Edmonton's we're
0: back-to-back. we're well versed in that Pacific Northwest to. Alberta trip now. I mean, going from Seattle to Edmonton to Vancouver to Calgary, the the pilots know the way now. They can they we can figure it out. We were pinballing
1: around, that's for sure. <laughs> it we, was, we, we'll have to talk with the schedule makers to see yeah, if we can make that a little more of a call cohesive someone,
0: loop. The league office, you, you know, know you a guy. one. I I don't know a guy. They're we gonna could be, ask Jake McCabe. We could ask Jake McCabe. We do have Jake McCabe on the show. That's a I think the only thing we don't talk about with him. But uh, great interview with Jake McCabe coming up. Uh very personable guy, very open, very very honest. I mean, and he very low stress for a guy who's having a baby any day now. <laughs> didn't uh, even look at his phone. Didn't even look at his phone. You you chirped him for that. It stresses me out. You know, when a guy when you lead off the interview and the guy says, Yeah, you know, my wife's expecting a baby any day now. I've never been through that. I don't know what that's like, but I don't know if I'd be able to look at my look away from my phone for a couple of minutes. I mean, it you're you're on call. So Uh, Great conversation with him, and uh, one of the things we talk about with him, I want to ask you about right off the top before, I want to get your insight before we get his, um, so he can say whether you were right or wrong, but... um, Probably wrong. It's okay. I wasn't going to say it. I was just going to let the listeners decide that, but Colby, the defensive adjustment for this team over the last two to three weeks, and especially in the last couple games, really seems to be taking hold. There's maybe something to be said about not getting the goals right now on the other side of it, but this team's playing great in their defensive end. They're not allowing a ton of chances, a ton of shots. We sit here on Tuesday, record this show, uh, the game on Sunday, the game on Friday, two home games. In four of the last five periods, the team's allowed single-digit shots against by the opposing team. The one period they didn't was when... um, San Jose was able to capitalize on a tip in front. Even then, they only allowed 15 shots in that period, which is not abnormal uh, over the course of a game. What's different in the defensive zone? They're blocking shots. They're playing from net out, basically. What are you seeing in the defensive end as a former defenseman uh, from this group that's really turned it around?
2: Well,
1: I think a lot of it actually stems from the neutral zone, and I think when Derek King took over the first area that he actually addressed was not the defensive zone. It was the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, look, we need to be cleaner in the neutral zone, and that's offensively and defensively. So all of his practices have had neutral zone theme in built into just about every single drill. Quick, skating, um, positionally sound, puck moving cleaner. But ultimately... The Blackhawks are not giving up a ton of odd man rushes. So defensemen are able to have a tighter gap and forwards are back checking. Uh, Their third forward has been on the right side of the puck, meaning their defensive posturing has been better. So all of a sudden, you know, the the Blackhawks are fielding rushes three on four uh, or two on two with one or two forwards. Uh, beating their one or two people back into the zone, which allows defenseman Carter to have such a tighter gap. And it gives you the opportunity to end plays just a lot sooner. So you're just not spending as much time in the defensive zone. I think against San Jose the other night, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I know that the Hawks spent way more time in the offensive zone than they did in the defensive zone in that game because again, their their back pressure, like I think back to um you know any good team I was ever on, the back pressure from the forwards and the third forward would be good, then the defensemen are able to stay up, they're not taking rushes back on their heels, they're not constantly under stress, then all of a sudden teams are forced to dump the puck and they're not having the ability to forecheck as hard uh, or as efficiently and and then the hawks are are just coming out of their zone a lot easier and a lot cleaner a lot of that has to do with Jake McCabe and the way that he's been skating, the way that he's been feeling. You know, look at Seth Jones, the way he's been pushing the puck up the ice and it really goes for everyone. Eric Gustafson, uh, you just see the defensive group in general is all playing better, but a lot of that is is because they're just not under that type of duress. I mean, the forwards in the NHL are good. And when you're constantly back on your heels, you know it's really difficult to you know move the puck successfully and cleanly. And I, I really believe that um, the 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 turnaround in the defensive zone, and I'm air quoting that uh, for people who obviously can't see Carter <laughs> being the only one who can, is can is a lot because the neutral zone is just a lot cleaner. And I think the next progression is going to be. Getting through the off or the neutral zone cleaner with the puck and creating more opportunities off the rush, and I think when the Hawks were winning in that little stretch, and I believe they're six and two in their last eight, which is a good run uh, at any point of a the season, they were scoring goals on the rush. Um, and they won those fourth, first four games with with Derek King. You can think back to every game the Hawks scoring goals on the rush and you've got to score goals on the rush and on special teams because teams defend the middle of the ice hard and well just like we have been we've been defending middle ice our defense and our center have been doing a good job not running around staying around the goal um you can like freeze the frame when you're watching film anytime we are uh you know chaotic in the defensive zone, everybody comes to the house, that little area right around the crease, right around the hash marks. And then you see guys start to sort out and fan out to their different, you know, coverage points on the ice. So um, it's no different for other teams. They do the same thing. They, they take away middle ice. San Jose did it the other night. They kept us on the peripheral a lot. So on games like that, you need to rely on special teams and you need to rely on rushes. And I think, you know, rushing, Uh, line rush opportunities is an area where this team can improve and get themselves some easier goals. I remember the goal in Seattle that Seth Jones scored that's off a rush. I remember the Debrinket goal against Arizona where Kane comes down the ice off a rush. There's been power play goals on the rush. So, you know, ultimately to me, that neutral zone is really the keys to what's going to help us score goals offensively and what's going to continue to help this team limit things defensively and um, you know keep scoring opportunities low for the goaltenders.
0: On the offensive side, to me, that Seattle game is a perfect example of just how dangerous the offense can be. You mentioned the Seth Jones goal, but I think if I'm remembering correctly, all three goals aside from... Jake McCabe's first as a Blackhawk, which was an empty netter goal at the end of the game. Uh, Actually, apropos that we're talking about it now with Jake joining us later. But uh, all three goals before that were in transition. I think getting the puck in the defensive end to the puck in the back of the net at the other end was maybe eight seconds at most between the three. And that's what the offense can do when it's firing an all cylinders.
1: But that's a good observation from you because right there, you're noticing the fact that the defense has the puck less stress, less duress, their gaps are better, then all of a sudden they're transitioning up the ice. All of these things go hand in hand. It's not the offense versus the defense versus the neutral zone. If your neutral zone is bad, chances are you're going to give up chances in the other zone. If your neutral zone is sloppy with the puck, you're not going to have good opportunities offensively. If you're defensive zone coverage is bad. You're never going to have the puck to play offense. And if your offense is great, well, then you never have to worry about playing defense. So these things are all so interconnected. And, you know, when we talked to Jake, I think he'll shed a little bit of light on that and talk a little bit about what he thinks has, has, and hasn't worked necessarily throughout the season. Um, and I really agreed with what he had to say when he started to talk about things a little bit, technically, Especially, you know, talking about the defensive end, the defensive zone, the system, a lot has been made about that. A lot has been talked about that. Um, And it's just, it's a lot of generalizing that has been going on this year with these things. But when you really start to dive into it, um, I, I believe a lot of this stems from, you know, neutral zone play, third forward high back pressure it's not just the defensive zone or the D zone coverage or the system in the defensive zone it's a little bit there's, there's just some different intricacies that are uh, a little bit more than that
0: and you're keeping teams more on the perimeter in the defensive zone and what happens when you do that you can block a lot of shots in front which the Blackhawks uh, looking at the league, stand, the league leaderboard in terms of blocks um, because that's a thing that I do uh, and <laughs> Calvin DeHaan is number 12. Jake McCabe is number eight. Connor Murphy, number six in blocks this season across the NHL. Uh, Those guys are blocking everything in front. No other team has more than two guys in that top 12, 13 range. They're blocking pucks. You have a guy in Marc-Andre Fleury behind you who can also stop the puck uh, with the best of them in the league. You're keeping them in lower danger chances. You're, stopping things that do come your way in front and all around. It's just a better cohesive unit um, being able to deal with things in the defensive zone when teams do get in, when they get past the neutral zone, when they're able to penetrate a little more there. So it's really all coming together on that side of the ice, which to start the year was the major problem. The Blackhawks were letting up goals left and right, odd man rushes, this and that. I mean, they went from allowing – the most goals per game in the league are, I think tied for first or second to now they're allowing the fewest. They've allowed the fewest five on five goals in the NHL since Derek King took over.
1: I mean, I didn't know that and that's, that's incredible. Um, And, and here's what I'll say. You're playing against the best forwards in the world every night when they have three and you have two or they have two and you have one or four and two their goals are happening. And then if not on the rush, in the zone. So, you know, you as a defenseman are skating backwards. And a big word in hockey is gap control. And, you know, you watch the really good skating defensemen and the really good back checking teams, the defense just have great gaps, and they just don't give any room to the forwards in the neutral zone. And you just create so many opportunities. Um you know, to to transition up the ice and play with the puck. So it's definitely been fun to watch this sort of transition um, from one to the other. I just think that, uh, you know, players are definitely taking pride in things that, uh, suck for lack of a better term like <laughs> blocking shots
0: everyone wants to score the big goals and I mean, have the big highlight real moments such
1: a big commitment to be willing to block shots and be a, a shot blocking team i mean because it hurts man it does and you know Derek king has talked about that i mean when the team's losing a game and we're we're, we're selling out to block shots like it's the playoffs and not every team does that and so you know, there's a lot to be said for that type of character. Uh, Jake McCabe is a huge reason why. Connor Murphy is another one. Calvin DeHaan. I mean, these are guys who, you know, walk around and they look, you know, beaten and battered because whether they're ice in their hand, their foot, their knee, you know, Calvin DeHaan had some soreness today in his in his lower back and mispractice. You know, these guys are warriors. They really are. I mean, a, a puck hurts, I mean, you're, you're earning your paycheck when you're taking hundred mile an hour slap shots at at your feet and your knees and your, your wherever basically. So, um, you know, it's good to see the numbers are, are telling the, the accurate story. Um, they don't always, so I'm happy to hear that stat and, and, and hats off to you Carter for just being a, a statistician and a, and a, you know, a, a big study guide study guide of the of the game notes i have i know, a, I know chuckerman will love that
0: i have a very uh, affectionate relationship with nhl.com slash stats <laughs> just just perusing just trying to see what happens there but uh we're talking about the defense the team's getting ready to go a couple days between games here which is actually nice as well um just being able to kind of relax heal up a little bit you mentioned calvin dehan missing practice on tuesday with a little lower back soreness I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone, but I imagine it's one of those things where if there was a game today, he'd be playing.
1: And another good point by you, a couple days of practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I know today was a day where they worked on some things. They did talk at the board a couple of times, which I know they're not huge. Crow and Kinger, they're not huge board guys. They like to be fast, crisp, speed practices, 30 minutes. Today was a little bit different. Uh, they worked on some skill stuff, and then they worked on some, some transition, some breakouts, some neutral zone. They talked about uh, rushes. They worked on scoring today. They did a lot of two-on-ones, three-on-twos, in-zone, uh, uh, five-on-five types of cycles. So tomorrow, I bet it'll be a 30-minute practice, quick, fast-paced, a lot of guys moving, six, seven guys moving in each drill at a time. It would look really chaotic to the naked eye, but it's very it's almost like an art form uh, on those types of days. Um, but yeah, no, a great opportunity for the team to, you know, work on some things because you just don't get a lot of time in your schedule to, you know, work things out and and work on things that aren't working. So uh, hopefully we'll see that pay off on the road trip through New York um, and Washington. And and then we're back here for, for a day or two before it's you know, back to O Canada and, uh, you're on you know, that one. Are, I am on that I'm one. I'm doing, doing the game in Montreal with, um, with Pat Foley. So that'll be good. And, um, you know, always a, 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 great, great building to be in, in Montreal. I mean, I, I, you know, was in the Bruins realm of things for a lot of years where that was obviously their big Rivalry yeah. and and um, you know the the Bell Center and I don't even know if it's called the Bell Center anymore because these buildings Centre Bell Centre Bell there you go so it still is the Bell Center <laughs> in some way shape or form is a great building so it'll be fun though I mean you've got Ovechkin and then you've got the Rangers well let's talk They're, about Ovechkin because yeah. we're
0: talking about the defense and how everything's great and you're going up against the Capitals on Thursday who are the highest scoring team in the NHL the highest uh, number of goals at five on five and Oh, yeah, a guy in Alex Ovechkin who he's just so continues to break record after record doing. every single like, day.
1: I, I don't understand. It's really hard for me to like wrap my head around guys like Kane and Ovechkin who just year in, year out, somehow they get better. I mean, instead of...
0: I you slept know, on my pillow wrong last night. And my neck hurts today. Colby. It's <laughs>
1: like you hit 30 and like things start to hurt. But then these guys hit 30 and somehow they start to get better, which makes them freaks. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the Tom Brady, the tb 12 <laughs> workouts that everybody's doing these days. And I mean, these guys just reinvent ways to score I mean, Ovi not as much. He just scores at like the like yeah. Ovi. Uh, you know what he's gonna spot. do, and, he still and can't you still stop can't him. stop it. But Kaner's like that man. I mean, Kaner goes and rushes up the ice and does a spinorama that like you haven't seen in like seven years, and you're like, what just happened? I mean, it's it's just incredible uh, what these guys are gonna do. And you know, Kane against Ovechkin, Kane's gonna be fired up for that matchup. I mean, when you're playing, you know, that's rarefied air. Those players. There's mm-hmm. only a couple of them. That every 10, 15 years, the NHL only sees three or four of these guys. And so when they go against each other, they they want it. And guys like Kane and Ovi don't see each other a lot. They're in different conferences. They have been their whole careers. Um, And I know 88, you know, with the Blackhawks sweater, he's going to be jacked up to go against um to go against the grade eight as they call him in alexander ovechkin
0: they're fun to watch and it seems like i mean you mentioned that there's a certain um you know who's on the other side you want to put on a good show you want to best another great player it happens with toronto you oh, know, with mitch matthews. marner and austin yeah, matthews i mean patrick so King There's six five games it's every time and, uh, they're they're a lot of fun to watch and uh, unfortunately i think at least one of the times the blackhawks faced the penguins is here. Sidney crosby wasn't back yeah. yet, but uh it, those games are all fun to watch. So a couple of good ones. You got another t- good team in the Rangers, uh, who's playing really well right yeah. now. Really good hockey. The Islanders—they're having a little bit of their own trouble. So, but know, it'll be a good opportunity good.
1: to take advantage of a team that is is struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we know about that, right? Yeah. So, it'll be in a new building. None of the players have played in before. Guys like that. It's cool to play in a new place that you haven't been in before. And I know guys talked about that with Seattle. Um, I think there'll be a little bit of that effect when you go to when when the team goes to play at the new UBS arena out on Long Island. Um, It just gives you like a little extra pep in your step because you've never been there. You've never seen it. You get that kiddish kind of little the Mm -hmm. the little kid in you is like whoa where you've been in every other building it's part of your job you show up it's business as usual but you know you go in these brand new buildings whether it's seattle whether it's you know ubs in long island and it's there's there's like a little fresh excitement that comes along with that so
0: it's a good opportunity there's new tweaks to every building too you have the two scoreboards in seattle which guys were like at morning skate that's a little different. Like we don't know where to look for the clock anymore. Yeah. It's just like fun stuff, like yeah. That. No,
1: I mean, I, I think that stuff is is cool. It's it's what you know part of what makes this great. More opportunity for the team to bond, uh, get them on the road together. Now um, it's going to be a little more expensive because you know the U.S. is you know in in Canada when you swipe your credit card and all of a sudden you think you paid a hundred, you only paid seventy bucks. That you was know, nice in, about in New trip. York. It's going to cost you double. (laughs) So this will be a more expensive road trip for everyone, uh, but it'll be a good opportunity for the guys again, uh, get on the road together, eat meals together, spend time together, you know, continue to bond. Um, You know, you've got in the NHL guys have families, you know, Jake McCabe's wife is due any day now, and he's going to have his hands full with two under two. So, Um, you're not exactly getting to go to lunch with the guys every day when you're home, but on the road, you get that opportunity and it does really go a long way.
0: Yeah. Busy man and Jake McCabe, uh, great, uh, very grateful. He gave us the amount of time he did today. I think we were, we were going to talk for 10 minutes. We went on for a little over 20, just a a good down to earth guy and four-year
1: college guy you know these guys it comes out with all that education and he's a well-spoken guy I think everybody's going to really enjoy just listening to hear him talk about things you don't see you know I mean everybody can read the stat line Mm -hmm. and everybody watches the hockey games but it's kind of interesting to hear about the stuff people don't see on the day-to-day basis and I think Jake did a really awesome job of sort of painting a picture of his transition here, his life away from the rink, uh, his family a little bit, some of his history with other players that play here in Chicago. So I agree with you. I thought he was he was awesome, um, really well spoken, and and uh, I told him, "Geez, you may have a, a, hit, a future in TV if you want it, because mm-hmm. uh, you're just you know an easygoing, well-spoken guy."
0: And I think he kind of glosses over it when when he's talking about the new adjustment to the organization, a new city. This is a guy who in February or March last year underwent a major knee injury. You know, wasn't able to play the rest of the season. Not only is he doing the the normal new new player, new city adjustments, he's having to work his way back. And he touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to kind of preface that because we don't do it. Uh, it's justice in the interview, but Colby, that's I mean, ACL, MCL, major knee is- injury last year that is not easy to come back from on its own. And he's trying to, he's starting to find his rhythm. He says, his legs are really starting to feel back to a hundred percent, um, a little more comfortable with them over the last couple of weeks. And that can go a long way too.
1: No, oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had operations in the off season and, I've played the next season, but like I remember when I had my hip surgery. Um, you know, I had to have my foot operated on when it got broken. Thanks, Chara. I appreciate it <laughs> um, in practice, uh, but it's it takes time. It really does. I mean, I remember getting through the next season. I believe I had my hip operated on when I was a uh, after my sophomore year at BU, and so going into my junior year and. I had statistically my best season that year, but I didn't feel good. I couldn't practice much. Uh, I missed a lot of a lot of practice days. Um, I, the amount of time I had to spend in the training room getting my hip worked on and with the with the physical therapy, it it's tough. And it took probably like nine or ten months. Even though I played, you know, you you get cleared to play three four months later from a hip surgery, but it just takes time to really feel completely normal to get your walking and your skating stride back your lower back. It just, it really does. It takes time. I mean, someone cut your body open mm-hmm. and like change things around in your body. So um, the fact that Jake has started to really feel good this quick, that's a really good sign because it's really only going to get better for him. Um, and he kind of shed a light on how his legs have felt lately in, in our interview with him. Um, But I I think it's a really good sign, and I just think that there's still even way more to go, um, especially with him and the way he's feeling. And if he's feeling good, well, then you're confident, and then you play better.
0: Well, we'll toss it over to today's special guest, Jake McCabe. Joined now by Jake McCabe, and Jake, I have to start by asking you, the team as a whole – defensively over the last couple of weeks really has started to come together chances are down i think in four of the last five periods you've been able to limit the opposing team to single digit single digit shots on goal the team settling in it seems like you're settling in your first year uh in the organization how's everything been kind of coming together as a, as a defensive group in uh, the last couple of weeks for you
2: yeah i think it's um early on in the season i think we were giving up a lot of odd man rushes and quality quality scoring chances so um we've kind of taken care of that aspect i feel we haven't given up too many odd mans lately and it's going to happen here and there but just to limit those uh those chances against is is really crucial and i think uh to be honest i feel like our defensive zone play throughout the whole year's been pretty solid um i've been pretty comfortable in our system and um I think, uh, you know, guys are really starting to understand it. And, and what's been the best, I guess, most, most exciting thing for me is just seeing our, our neutral zone and, and the back pressure that the forwards are giving us and allowing us defensemen to have good gaps. And it kind of just sets us up better for retrievals and, and getting it back in the offensive zone. So it's, it's all been good. And <laughs> um, I didn't realize how, you know, much we're limiting the other team's shots, but that's a, it's a great thing. So we just need to up our shot quality on the other side of things.
1: What about for you personally?
2: I don't think
1: people realize um, how hard it is when you play for one team for what seven years, I believe you're in Buffalo. Um, And then all of a sudden you move to a new team. It's a new, uh, forget the on ice stuff, but you're in a new house. Um, You know, you're going to a new place for your pregame meal. Um, You're sleeping in a different place. The schedule's different. Meeting times before games are different. There's so many little things that change when you go to a new organization with new coaches, new city, new time zone even. Um, And I just don't think people understand that. Right. And so... For you, um, who seemingly have really settled in in the last couple of weeks, at least it looks like, and yeah. just to me, somebody who, you know, I've seen you play a good amount over the years, you just yeah. look very comfortable, um, and you just kind of look like you're doing your thing, what's like made you a successful player in this league for so many years. So, you know, what has the adjustment been like for you with the like on the personal side and getting used to... You know all of those things that I just talked about, and maybe there's some that I'm forgetting. You know, obviously you're you're married, you have kid, um, kids. Yeah, I got I got Multiple one. Kids. I got one yeah. kid.
2: I've got a daughter right now, and then we're actually my wife's due pretty much any day now. Yeah, so, oh, wow. Um, so then
1: we won't keep you very long. <laughs> yeah. just in case, or so maybe we should. Yeah. You know, depending on which way you look at it. But what has what that adjustment been like, just from a personal side of of dealing with a new everything?
2: Yeah, it's it was definitely interesting. Um, being it's the first time being a new guy in a team frankly since you know i was a rookie i guess um so you talk about those those small details of just knowing the staff and knowing the trainers and knowing the equipment guys and and um you know the people that i see day in and day out um for so many years it's it's just frankly it's just different that's all it is um just hard it's just different getting used to it and they don't know me and uh you know i'm not I'm pretty outgoing, but it, it takes me a little bit to you know really show show my true self, I guess, and, and get comfortable in my environment. And um, definitely have felt that over the last you know two three weeks. Uh, it's it's helped that this has been kind of my second home, I guess, in the off seasons for quite a while now. So that uh, certainly makes the adjustment easier. Um, you know, going on the on these long road trips out west and knowing that my wife's not home alone and she's got lots of help nearby it's uh, you know, that's one thing that's been a super positive and limits the stressors for sure. Um, but just, uh, you know, coming into this team, I think, uh, there's been a lot of change, not only this year, but prior, you know, three, four years really of, you know, guys kind of coming in and out and lots of new faces in the locker room. So, uh, we're still building that identity as a team and and i felt that right when i got here i think that we we had a long ways to go of building this identity um you know you can't just you know have a bunch of great names on paper and hope they just go click you, you know you really got to work towards it and i think uh frankly that that road trip out west you know spending seven eight days together uh all day every day together it, it really goes a long way bonding outside the rink you know grabbing bites to eat that that stuff goes a long way and you know, learning who your teammates are and, you know, how they tick and what kind of guys they are and who you get along with. And, you know, it's it's fun. That's that's the, you know, part of the game that everyone misses once they're out of it, frankly, is is this locker room environment and grabbing bites on the road and and having a good time seeing the best cities in the world together. So that's been fun for me to, you know, really get along with this. I mean, everyone's just an, an awesome guy in this locker room, which has been awesome to be a part of and my my game, I guess personally, like you, you kinda touched on, I it definitely took me a little bit to settle in. Um, confidence is a big thing, I think, for everyone, no matter how many games you've played in this league, it's it's a really hard league and um, you know, just having that trust factor between you and the coach and, and your teammates and uh, you know, coming off a long layoff last year, I, I I knew I was gonna have some rough rough stretches early I wanted to be patient with it, but um frankly i just my legs have been feeling way better the last couple of weeks and I'm, I'm skating again with the puck, and, and i'm not being so stationary and that's that's when i'm at my best frankly is when i'm skating and using my mobility and, and being physical and being hard to play against which i feel like i've been better at and and uh as a whole we've as our records has shown we've all been better at it so it's it's been a good transition obviously not a great start for our team and um but we're digging ourselves out of the hole and uh you know just got to keep keep building frankly
1: has it been uh, different for you having mark crawford back there on on the defense um you know i see him during the game talking with you guys communicating with you guys a lot you know when he's not going after the referees he's he's um i'm just kidding he's uh, (laughs) he's he's chatting with you guys quite a bit and i see a lot of good communication you know between all of you, really, and I actually hear it and see it in practice as well. There's definitely a very communicative group back there. Um, but but Calvin made a comment to us in an interview one time where he said, "You know, crows having more fun with the D because you know defense just has more fun in general, right?" Uh, so that's
2: I was just going to say the same exact thing. I mean, being on in my career, the the D side of the bench is there's a lot more smiles or a lot more laughs always picking each other up um forwards maybe get a little bit more frustrated a little easier but we we like to keep it a little bit lighter back there and granted we're, we're intense but um you know we like to have fun and and uh pick each other up and let, let each other know when there's a a good play to that's been made out there or whatever whatever it may be a good block shot and uh, we just like to keep it light, and Crow's been great. He cracks me up back there. He's he's on the linesman all night. So <laughs> oh, He's so
1: funny. I sat behind the bench the other night. Like I came to the game and watched, and I think we were in section like, 101, 10, 15 rows back. Yeah. You know, our, our family was in town, and <laughs> I was dying laughing
2: oh, at man. him,
1: and I was just watching him, and I don't usually have that vantage point. Yeah. And he was like all over those
2: makes it easier on us because then we don't have to yell at him so then they get <laughs> mad at crow and not us so it's like it's perfect no he's he's been awesome back there he's he's always chatting and he's always into the game and i love his intensity uh he's been around the game a long time so it's it's been it's been nice to have him back there and um you know even uh with with rookie he was he was awesome too a guy that's that's played the game and um he helped me a lot early as well so it's uh it's been great and I think crow is you know continuing to develop our game back there and just kind of instill our confidence and instill each individual's game and what we're really good at and just to keep driving that home with us
0: you've been with Connor Murphy a lot this year what have you what have you liked about that pairing you guys I'm looking at the stats here you mentioned blocking shots a minute ago you two do a lot of it as a tandem I think both of you are in the top eight top nine players in the league and blocking shots yeah you guys are nuts you eat pucks left and right i mean (laughs) what's that chemistry between you two like and and how's that kind of grown over the course of the year
2: yeah it's been great i know murph well and um played with him a lot over the years so it's it's been nice pretty easy transition frankly i think we play similar games we see the game very similarly so that helps a lot we we play very similar styles of uh you know try to be make a good first pass and, and get the puck moving up ice but uh you know our, our number one job is to to be hard to play against and, and shut down other teams top lines which um i think there's been a lot of shuffling of the D pairs, frankly throughout the year even throughout the games we'll we'll be playing with everyone at one one time or another but um you know when we are out there we want to be rock solid and we communicate all the time and that no matter who you're out there with if your partner's talking to you it makes makes the game a lot easier my blinders go from here to way out here i know this is not he's going from narrow, narrow to wide yeah <laughs> get the blinders off a little bit once my d partner can talk did, to me so
1: did you guys play together as partners at the ntdp too or no well, I, murph know was a, hurt. I know it's a lot yeah. of years ago because you're getting old but, yeah it was but yeah, that, that just, means i'm getting real old because yeah. i was there even a couple yeah, of years exactly. before you guys were but
2: I, I i feel like well murph was hurt Most of the time we were there, we actually, we both broke our backs at the same time. So we were rehabbing together at like 16 years old. And
1: uh, we, you and I have talked about that offline before. Oh, yeah.
2: And, uh, but then we, me and Murph played together. uh, We played together at a world championship probably like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe we played together in Russia, Um, played really well, actually. and you know coming here i kind of assumed i was probably going to be playing with him because you know we were first out for the kill and we we both take a ton of pride in that and you talk about blocking shots and that's just part of our job description frankly and you know what's expected of us and what we expect of ourselves frankly so um luckily i haven't gotten too many in bad spots this year but. i was just gonna ask you what's the what's
1: what's like the worst one oh, man. that you've gotten because when you get caught whether it's on the top of yeah, the, the knee, knee the yeah, inside the of your hand right about uh, the, the skate, ankle yeah. or like the spot between your tongue yeah. and your shin pad like those are like make you want to crawl into a ball yeah those cry. are like
2: what am i doing there's a goalie behind me that's what <laughs> those job's for right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't had too many of those luckily i've i've, I've uh Came away unscathed so far, luckily. So,
1: Do you you wear the extra protectors on the skates or anything? Yeah, I do. Okay, because they've gotten really good. Like, back in the day, they weighed, like, pounds. And now I feel like they're so light, you can't really... Yeah, I
2: do just some on my sides of my feet. Murph does the whole plastic ones. He doesn't mess around, so... um, But, yeah, no, I think that's, you know, those... Those pucks are coming in pretty heavy sometimes, so it's one thing when you can step in front of a wrist. Or those are easy ones, kind of like what San Jose was doing us the whole night the other the other night. They stepped in front all night, and yeah, those are just gimmies, frankly. And then you look at this the box score and the guys up top missed about three of them, so it's all right.
0: I had Murph on the show last year, and I asked him because it's something I always notice when I'm down around the locker room before the game. He is one of the most intensive pregame workouts that he does with Paul Goodman what have you know? have you seen any of that? Are you do you chirp oh, yeah. about that a little bit? Yeah,
2: Murph's always in the gym. You know, he's he was uh he had the highest score of all or he was the number one fitness testing this year and um he works extremely hard. He eats eats super well. You know, he's just uh the ultimate pro. So he's you know he's been here for, you know, I don't know, four or five years now. And I think he's, you know, just a really just a genuine guy and to everybody in the locker room, not just us players, a good leader, but, you know, just to everybody in the community and our trainers, our staff, everyone, he's just super respectful and just an all-around awesome dude.
1: Well, I mean, don't shortchange yourself because you're also <laughs> built like a freaking Greek god. So you know, I was seconded fitness. You you must be, doing, you, fitness, so you I, must be yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, you see that? Seconded fitness, Murph, Jake McCoy. We had to work that in just a little Of course, yeah. Murph got me this year. Okay. Well still, seconded fitness, obviously. Murph is, got me. Is are you a big nutrition guy? Like you're really conscious about this stuff or
2: Yeah, I've uh I've been banged up a lot in my career, which is very frustrating because some of it's you you know you can do only so much in the gym but um i'm pretty crazy about my hip health and um i eat well i water is like one of the most important things for me i'm always chugging water um but Which, i think with it's a lemon yeah we, mm-hmm. as we're this seeing is, right yeah, now this got this the big lemon wash in there pasha hooks us up downstairs puts a little lemon in our water but um it's just something you kind of de- you develop over the years when you play when you play this grueling schedule and my goal of, I've, I've never had 82 in my career so i'd love to get that and um sometimes it's out of your control frankly you know you block a shot and break a hand break a finger or whatever it may be like that just comes to the territory i don't know how guys like andrew Cogley oh my night, it's like, insane I don't understand how they can play so many Yandel, Yandel Cogs. Like, well, I mean, Yanz doesn't block shots. Yeah, but.
1: Yanz is a big Flamingo guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, but he's, he's good on the part. So maybe that's why. That's where, <laughs> that's where I went wrong.
2: Should have handled my puck skills that a better. That was me. I was a big Flamingo guy. Yeah. Man. That was my move. <laughs> it's just crazy how they can, those Ironman streaks. I just have so much respect for those guys because it's, I and mean, it's hard to play 82 games. So that's something I've always, you know, it's been a goal of mine. But, um, to get there I just try to do the right things off the ice and you know make sure I, I kind of get anxiety frankly if I don't touch uh, certain muscle groups to make sure I'm ready to go because of of my prior history so but my body's been feeling good so just uh got to stay hydrated
0: <laughs> What's it like playing in front of Marc-André Fleury? We see him in practice and just how hyper competitive he is but as a defenseman it's got to be fun to play in front of a well, guy like that.
1: And you guys you and Murph bailed him out the other day. Yeah, Usually, after he bailed us out first. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, exa- yeah, exactly. But you know, we've all seen the flurry post love where he like talks yeah, it's to his so host. funny. Did you guys get a little love after the, the oh, play yeah. the other day? Yeah, night? he's
2: always chatting. Yeah, he's always chatting. I mean, I, that slipped one right behind me and Murph, and I was like, oh no, that's that's never a good sign when you and your D partner are looking behind you, looking behind you. But uh, he's he's hilarious back there. He's always chatting and. I'm kind of the same way, frankly. Like during the during the play, I'm always chatting out there, whether it's just like nonsense or whatever it may be. But he's, yeah, he was giving us a, a pat in the pat in the back when when we helped him out there after he made that great save. And but it is funny, like he's if a puck rings off the bar, he's like whoo and like always <laughs> chirping around and kissing the posts. He's it's pretty cool to play in front of a goalie that uh, you know, Hall of Fame goalie, frankly, and he's going to be playing a thousand games pretty soon here i'm pretty sure he's almost at 500 wins like and i don't think it's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around frankly that's so many games
1: have you ever played with a goalie that loved like i feel like most goalies especially even the good ones they were like ready to get off the ice after practice they didn't want to go on early where flower is like last guy out on the ice first guy out on the ice always smiling like he's you could two on o him on a warm-up drill and he's smiling and like he's not yeah you know i remember john graham when i was a rookie i two on owed him in a in a Uh, A pregame skate in Colorado, and as I was skating back up the ice, he shot a puck and he hit me in the side of the head, and I had to get a (laughs) stitch in my ear because we two on him in a pregame skate. Where I feel like you guys do that with Flower, and he actually like is Uh, in it with you. Oh yeah, have you ever played with a guy who's this like smiles this much and like loves it this much? No, I've
2: never played with a guy that competes as hard as he does in practice, and like like you said, like it's it's two on O's, but he's like you can touch, touch, touch back door and he's still he's grinding the whole the whole time. He's not getting And smiling. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Him and it's it's funny watching him and Kaner compete out there because Kaner's obviously trying to score every single time and and Flower is always you know, those two are chirping back and forth at each other and um it's it's just really cool, frankly, to to be able to be on his team and compete in front of him and and uh it's great for Lynx and as well to to see a guy like that that's played as long as he has and he's continuing to you know practice as hard as anybody out here and i actually noticed something at on uh hockey fights cancer night the other night with um i think it's in french on his helmet but it's from his paw and it was something like you know practice like you play and that makes a lot of sense the fact that he has that on his helmet and he certainly he plays it like that too so that's, that was pretty cool to, i've never you know talked to him about that yet but uh hearing that from him on the jumbotron was, was pretty pretty cool
0: well we appreciate uh we appreciate your time. You haven't checked your phone in about 20 minutes now and after hearing that your wife's due any day like, that always gives <laughs> we'll me let you some go, anxiety. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you I go. I gave
2: her Tony's number so he's <laughs> just, just in like Storming in here. through here. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping December 5th is the day so we don't have to rush back from the road trip in, in Montreal and Toronto. So we'll see. Little man's coming soon though. But we, uh, we wish
1: you and the family the best, and we'll we'll keep our ears open for uh, a new member of the McCabe and the Blackhawks clan coming yeah. coming any day now. Yeah. Do you guys? Do you guys? I don't want to put you on the spot, so you can say nah. You're gonna have to wait and see. But do you guys have a name? Uh, if you feel comfortable sharing?
2: We'd have a couple. So it's TBD. It's TBD. We're probably we're gonna have to wait to meet him, but. Uh Honestly, we haven't talked about it nearly as much as our first because we're just always busy with George, with our daughter Georgia. She's always running around. She's almost two now, so she's she's bossing us around all day. But uh, no, it'll be exciting to two, under two Pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> the the blocking the pucks at the You're, game is the easy part of your day. He's going to be yeah. <laughs> much exactly. more
1: willing to hang around and do podcasts with us yeah, after exactly. practice. You guys need me this week? Two, what do we do? Yeah, exactly.
0: I don't think my wife
2: listens to it. If she is, but. yeah just getting treatment. So. Jake McCabe yeah. will be a regular <laughs> podcast uh,
1: guest. Maybe we'll make him a co-host. We'll see. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Weekly spot.
0: Well, we appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Uh, great to see you settling in, not only to the team, but uh, as a whole, everyone kind of settling in. And uh, it's been been fun to watch and keep it up. And good luck on a uh, big road trip coming up.
2: Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it.
0: That will do it for today's episode. A special thank you once again to Jake McCabe for his time and openness. Uh, Well wishes for him and his family as they await their second child any day now, any moment now, Uh, but that'll do it for this week's episode. For Colby Cohen, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what King and Caves drive.